Taking care of business. That's right. Right here live on Living the Good Life Show. Broadcasting coast to coast. We're all over the country. We got lots to go and cover, but very excited about our next guest. He's no stranger to the network. Uh, Over the last couple years, he has been our go-to, especially regarding this, as they call it, a pandemic. Although I think it's pretty much over. We're going to bring on one of the best doctors in Southern California and across this nation, Dr. Jeffrey Barkey out of Orange County, California. How you doing, Doc? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me on again. I really appreciate it. I thought he was from Cleveland High School. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You know, uh, I guess kind of diving in, I mean, look, we we have had you on multiple times over the last, uh, you know, 18 to 24 months. And, you know, uh, maybe getting a handle now for all of our listeners, giving them an idea where, where do we stand? Like, what's going on? I don't really follow the news anymore because it's just painful to watch. But, you know, regarding COVID, where where do we stand as a nation? Well, that's a great question. And I guess it depends on who you ask. You know, if you ask uh, Dr. Fauci, he'll, you'll get one answer. If you ask the legacy media, you'll get another answer. Yeah. And if you can tune in because we're not banned to some of the frontline doctors, you'll get a third answer. And so here, here's the accurate answer. Uh, SARS-CoV-2, uh, a coronavirus, uh, very likely manufactured by gain-of-function research, paid for by the United States taxpayers uh, in Wuhan, China, uh, was either released accidentally or released on purpose to the world. Um, and we've responded in a way that's been very unhealthy and ineffective, and that is we came out with these series of vaccines that are non-sterilizing, meaning they don't really work. They neither prevent infection nor prevent transmission. And when you massively vaccinate with a non-sterilizing vaccine, and you can't really even call it a vaccine, we can talk about that, Mm -hmm. what you end up doing is you put immunologic pressure on this virus to mutate. And that's exactly what we've seen. We've seen variation after variation of this virus come out because we're forcing this to come out. And people say, come on, Barky, that's not really a thing. Well, look at it this way. We're all familiar with criticism of doctors for overprescribing antibiotics, and rightfully so. Mm-hmm. And as a result of overprescribing antibiotics, we get resistant strains like MRSA, methicillin-resistant Staph aureus, and others. And that occurs because you overprescribe and you force the bacteria to mutate and be resistant to the antibiotics that you're using. Identical situation. When you overvaccinate, especially in the midst of a pandemic, and you're using a product that doesn't even stop the virus, you're pushing that virus immunologically uh, to mutate because that's what viruses do. They want to survive. And so now you have all these variants that are resistant to the vaccine. It's not really even a vaccine. Now, the good news about this, though, is that each variant seems to be less lethal. And so, listen, on my way to work today, I spoke to a friend uh, who's got COVID. And, you know, two, three days in, he's using the typical protocol, and he's going to be fine. He's recovering. If you have access to early treatment, you've got nothing to fear. Uh, But even today... Um, we're not allowing access and we're not promoting access to early treatment. 
even if you remove the so-called controversial drugs, ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, they shouldn't be controversial, by the way, but even if you took them off the table, mm-hmm. we still have wonderful sequence multidrug treatment strategies that is excellent at treating this virus. So the state of affairs now of COVID is we're going to continue to see variants. Each variant is likely to be less, less lethal. Uh, access to early treatment is the key. Nobody should be dying from COVID if they have access to early treatment. But the mainstream media will continue to stoke fear because that's what they do. When you fear the, when you create fear, you create control, and you create a narrative uh, that allows political power to continue, which is why in California we are still under the governor's uh, emergency declaration that's now been going on for two years. And that's because political power, once you gain it, you want to keep it, and you'll use any means possible to keep that power. Yeah. Well, I haven't been paying attention to uh, the numbers at all, except the uh, salaries being paid to the new uh, draftees in the NFL uh, (laughs) uh, league. But where where do where does it stand for what might be somewhat accurate, uh, Doc, in terms of COVID cases, uh, maybe nationally and in California? Good question. So here's here's the most important number. There's been about a dozen new billionaires with a B created in the vaccine industry because of these new vaccines. Mm. Not to mention mm. the hundreds of millionaires that have been created as well. So those numbers are important. Here's the other number that's important. The FDA and CDC, about 50% of their funding comes from pharmaceutical companies. And then finally, the other number that's important is the amount of liability uh, subjected to the vaccine companies is 0%. Uh, they are not; they are immune from all liability for any injury that comes about as a result of their vaccines. Hmm. Not just COVID vaccine, but all their vaccines. So if you know nothing by, but that, that should raise a level of skepticism about the vaccine and pharmaceutical industry. COVID numbers are declining across the country. Hospitalizations are declining. Uh, death from COVID is declining as well. So we're out of this pandemic. If you know, you use a strict definition of a pandemic, COVID is likely going to be around for a long time, and periodic cases will pop up. More and more people have natural immunity. Natural immunity is far superior than vaccine immunity. Vaccine immunity is very fleeting, only lasts a handful of months. And there's some growing evidence that people that have been vaccinated uh, do not mount a robust immune reaction when they do get ill, setting them up for recurrent infections from SARS-CoV-2. Let me ask you, uh, well, there's a couple things that I, I want to talk about, but it's, you know, and, and you could add to this, but like as an example, so my whole family, we've had COVID um, and, you know, got through it. And it's interesting because when after I was all said and done with it, I actually kind of felt confident because, as you mentioned, it's great to have um, the immunity, if you will. But that being said, my wife recently was in a meeting at, at work and someone had COVID. Uh, he got other people, uh, you know, sick, obviously, from it. She was fine. She actually sat right next to him. Um and it just mm. and, and, you know, she's not allowed uh, to go into the office without taking tests and this and that. I mean, it's just a crazy story. But, you know, it is what it is. You got to do what you got to do to live in this world and have a job um, without naming any names. But I will bring this up because, you know, 
she's not getting COVID, doctor. I mean, she she we're not we're you know we're around people that might have it. We actually knew that that she, he did have it, but she didn't get she he didn't uh, she didn't get sick from him. So you know how long you know is this uh, immunity that we have? I mean, they they used to say what ninety days or something, but I feel like it's going a lot longer than that. Yeah, listen, there, there's some controversy about once you have COVID, how long are you immune to it? Some people think that it may be long-lasting, even lifetime. I mean, for example, when I was a little kid, I got chicken pox, the real disease, not the vaccination. My mom dragged my brother and I down the street to some kid down the street that had chicken pox and exposed us. That's what we did back in the day. Right. This was before a chicken pox vaccine was even available. Uh, Not long ago, I retested my blood to see if I still have immunity, and I still have strong antibodies against the chickenpox virus. So that immunity is lifelong. Um, So we don't know because COVID is a relatively new thing, but we think it's going to be long-lasting, durable, and broad-based. And if you do get COVID a second time, uh, it's most likely going to be much, much milder. Speaking of chickenpox, you know, listen, people now get chickenpox vaccines, and you know what we've seen an explosion of? We've seen an explosion of shingles. Mm -hmm. So shingles is the reactivation of the chickenpox virus. It doesn't occur in people that had it through natural immunity. It only seems to be occurring in people that have vaccine-mediated immunity. So there's something about this. We've we've, uh, prevented people from getting relatively benign childhood illnesses like chickenpox, and instead we vaccinated them uh, with uh, vaccines that have had no placebo-controlled safety testing, uh, with companies that are immune from all liability. And it's no wonder that we've seen an explosion of autoimmune diseases and other things that, that were uh, not anticipated. Uh, but vaccine companies will never be held liable. And, you know, listen, I know it sounds like I'm, I'm an anti-vaxxer. I'm not. I'm pro-safe, placebo-controlled, safety-tested vaccines. Unfortunately, um, not enough of them exist. And in particular, the COVID-19 vaccine is not that there are no long-term study safety studies with COVID-19 vaccine. We're only now beginning to see some of the problems. I mean, listen, just read today, Wall Street Journal, uh, Johnson and Johnson, the FDA has pulled uh, the recommendation to use this vaccine, except in a very small percentage of people, only adults. Yeah. Why? Because uh, of the risk of blood clots. So, you know, it took us two years to figure this out, although if you review the data, the there was information in there in the original data that they want to hide for 75 years. So these vaccines are potentially dangerous. There is no role, in my opinion, to be vaccinating children against an illness that they're not at risk with an experimental vaccine that has no long-term safety studies, but they're coming after our children, especially in California. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, hey, Doc, go hey, ahead. Hey, go hey ahead. Doc, I got a question. Doc, like roughly in the last like eight or nine months, uh, the good old fashioned flu. Have you uh, had many patients with that? I haven't heard about anybody having the flu. Yeah, it's rare. And early in the pandemic, of course, the flu disappeared. Uh, it didn't really disappear. You may recall, you know, that, that on some Friday afternoon, CDC came out with an announcement that they were removing the emergency use authorization for a commonly used PCR COVID test. And the reason why they removed it is because they acknowledged that this PCR COVID test could not differentiate between COVID-19 and influenza. So I suspect many of the original COVID cases were actually influenza 
Many of the deaths that so-called occurred with COVID may have been influenza deaths, just buried in the data, in the numbers, and the statistics. And so, yeah, Mm -hmm. flu still exists. We've lived with flu for many, many years. It's not that big of a deal. Flu shots are very ineffective, at best only about 30% effective. Um, And so, you know, and I think this new coronavirus, SARS-CoV-2, is going to be around for a while, too. I mean, heck, it was it was manufactured. This is not a natural virus. Many of the epidemiologists that study this stuff tell us when you look at the genetics, there's various cleavage points and insertion points and so forth. And it's clear to most, most clear thinking virologists and epidemiologists that this is not a natural occurring virus. This was a man-made virus by so-called gain-of-function research in the Wuhan Chinese CCP lab. (laughs) And now we're going to have to live with it for a while. And it's fine because we're actually good at treating it when we're allowed to treat it. But even today, uh, you know, beginning of May 2022, I still can't call CVS, Rite Aid, Walgreens, etc., all the major brand pharmacies, at least in California, I can't call them and get hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin dispensed. They refuse to do it. And as a result, many doctors just kind of give up. They don't have the time. They're too busy. They don't know how to get these life-saving drugs for their patients. And too many people are still being injured from COVID-19 because they don't have access to these medications and others as part of a protocol of early treatment. You know, as of the last, uh, I think in the last 18 or so hours, a clear example of how people's reactions um, and how it affects um, mental illness. You look at a, a headline because right now the headlines are a million Americans have lost their lives to COVID-19. The mark has happened. Um, and, you know, now people see this. A lot of people see this and they're like, oh, my gosh, it's still here. And, you know, they're freaking out. And, you know, as an example, doctor, I was uh, my son was home yesterday because he had a stomach bug. And that's what it was. It was just a stomach bug, even though he was throwing up the night before. Did I think, oh, my gosh, maybe he has COVID? No. I mean, people get sick. You get a little bug. and You call it a day. But there's a lot of people in this country, especially around the world, who, you know, something happens and they just think, boom, COVID. It's got to be COVID. You know, we're right. putting ourselves through through yeah. hell. I got to be honest. Yeah. forget. And, you know, some of these deaths are real. Yeah. Uh, in part, I believe, and many of us believe that these deaths occurred because uh, we denied access to early treatment. Yeah. We didn't have any of the legacy media or uh, our healthcare, so-called healthcare a- experts advocating early treatment. We never once heard Dr. Fauci say, you know, you should get your vitamin D level checked and boost your vitamin D with a super cheap D supplement. Direct correlation, the studies show, between low vitamin D and bad outcome. Mm-hmm. Not a word from Emperor Fauci. And it's very, <laughs> very unfortunate. Where is he? Hey, Doc, on the lighter side, <laughs> hey, I, I got a question. On, uh, hey, Doc, on the lighter side of things, so speaking of uh, uh, the Lone Star State here in Texas, where I'm enjoying my uh, uh, chapter of life, uh, how's your uh, beloved uh, father and uh, your ever-loving brother? Well, my, you know, my dad and my brother both live in Texas uh, in the, in the uh, uh, Dallas area. My brother is an ophthalmologist. Uh, you can look him up, search him by his last name, Barkey, be like boy, A-R-K-E. And my dad moved from Southern California to be close to my brother. And 
he's enjoying it. He lives in a little town near my brother and there's a lake down the street and he loves to fish and he walks down there and he, uh, goes fishing. You know, he's, you know, not a fan of course of the extreme weather. He was there during that ice storm you guys had. And, uh, you know, it's beautiful weather right now in, uh, in the Dallas area, but it gets pretty hot during the summer, but he certainly loves his freedom. And he loves walking down the street and seeing American flags on most houses. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, listen, Texas knows, Texas understands freedom. And this nonsense that Texas is turning into a blue state is just that nonsense. Yeah, there's pockets in Austin and so forth that are relatively blue. But, uh, but the Lone Star State ain't going blue anytime soon. I'm hey. happy that your father gets to see his favorite. I'm, I'm happy to see that your father gets to see his favorite son often. <laughs> exactly. Hey, Doc, uh, to use this time wisely, I want to make sure that people can uh, learn more, educate themselves further um, with some of the, the great uh, knowledge that you've put out there. Uh, talk about, obviously, the book that you've put out and uh, how people can uh, reach out to you uh, if need be. Yeah, thanks for mentioning it. The easiest way to follow me and find out more about what I'm doing is just on my, my personal website, and that's rx4liberty, rx4forliberty.com. There's links to purchase my book or directly through Amazon. Uh, it's in the fifth edition, uh, COVID-19, a physician's take on the exaggerated fear of the coronavirus. Uh, you can also connect with me and email me through my website. I respond to every email that comes in through my website. And sign up for a newsletter that comes out, uh, oh, I don't know, every couple, three weeks. Um, if you want to know what's going on in, in, in my world, I'm on all the social media channels as well. Instagram, Rx for Liberty, and Facebook, just under my name, Jeffrey uh, Barkey as well. So follow me on any of those channels. We'd love to continue to connect with your listeners and uh, come back on your show whenever you'd like. Great talking to you, Doc. As always. Thank yeah, thanks right. again. We'll talk soon. You got you. You guys, you guys take care. Dr. Jeffrey Barkey, ladies, ladies and gentlemen, truly one of the finest out there. Right there out of uh, Newport Beach, California. Doesn't get much better than that. Time to live the good life right here. More to come. Stay tuned.